John chapter 1 and verse number 16. The Bible says, and of his fullness, whose fullness is this speaking of? Anyone? Jesus. And of Jesus' fullness have all we received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now we're going to go to chapter 3. Verses 34 and 35. For he, who's he? Jesus. (laughs) For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hands. Focus with me the last part of verse 34. God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Today I want to focus on this thought simply this all of Jesus for all of man. Thank you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, for the next few minutes, I need your help to preach this word as only you can. Touch these lips of clay. Fill me with your spirit. Wash me in your blood. Clothe me with humility. And hide me behind the cross that others only hear from and see Jesus Christ this morning. uh, Who will draw all men, women, boys, and girls unto himself. And it's in his name we pray God's children say amen. All right. Uh, Our opening verse said, of his fullness have all we received. In the King James Bible, that phrase is interesting to me. It says, of his fullness. Uh, I want you to think about something. Pretend with me, if you will, that you're going down to a, a, a creek to drink, to get a fresh drink of water. Of course, they don't advise you nowadays to drink from creeks because you never know what's upstream, but just... Humor me for just a minute, okay? And when you go to that stream that uh, no doubt has been flowing possibly for thousands of years without drying up, uh, you take of that stream as much as your heart desires until you are full, correct? Correct. Amen. I want you to know something about God, that you will never exhaust who He is or His resources available to you. Uh, hence the phrase, of his fullness have all we received. That simply means that he is the living water from which we draw when we are thirsty and we are filled to overflowing, but we didn't come even close to bringing the river home with us. Does that make sense to you? Now, I do know that the Bible says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So really, technically, if you're saved by the grace of God, that well is living inside of you. Amen. And you can take the well home with you. But my point is this, uh, uh, just like you couldn't necessarily go down to a river and then pack it up and take it home with you, and neither can you completely claim that you've experienced all that there is to experience 
of God in this lifetime. But what it also tells me is that there's always more that you can experience of God. In other words, don't be satisfied with what was and don't be satisfied with what is. God wants to do more for you now than He ever has in your lifetime. And sometimes we get to the point to where we think that we've heard all there is to hear about God, that we've known all there is to know about God, that we've experienced all there is to experience about God, and yet there's so much sometimes that we don't tap into, and it's not because God is not full and rich, it's because we have simply not accessed everything that He has available to us. If I'm making sense to you, say amen. Now, again, John 3, 34, for He whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto Him. Uh, in fact, in Jesus dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, the Bible says. In other words, Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. Jesus had all of God in His body here on the earth. And that's how He performed miracles. And that's how He preached. Uh, and people could be saved just to Him sending His Word. People could be delivered from this or that or the other. Amen? And Jesus Christ was the fullness of God robed in flesh. And He is for us the model of what the Christian ought to strive to look like and act like and be like as we live this Christian journey. Are you with me so far? Say another amen. All right, now I want you to think about this. The limitations of our experience with God are not due to Him placing limits on His giving, but are due to us placing limits on our receiving. Amen. A lot of times people don't receive from God because they will not receive from God. In fact, there are some people that would believe, I don't know where they get it in their Bible, but they would believe that if I were to resort to believing God for healing, that they would try to tell you, even theologians and doctors in cemeteries, I mean seminaries today, will teach you that God no longer performs the miraculous gifts of healing in today's world. But let me remind you that He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He Changes not, and what he did do, he can and does do, and he forevermore shall do, with or without your permission. But let me remind you that just because you will not receive it, don't mean that it's not receivable if you'll just be willing to receive more from God than you've ever thought possible before. Amen, church. Glory to God. So, I want you to consider now with me for a moment uh, how that Jesus' heart was broken for his city that he went to. Uh, the Bible said he went to his own and his own received him not. Uh, and in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus was weeping over the city of Jerusalem. And he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets uh, and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how oft would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Amen. Ye would not. And Jesus said this, uh, and it was a damning statement upon the city of Jerusalem. He said, Behold, your house is left unto you 
desolate. And as I look at America today, uh, a, a, a country that was founded upon biblical principles, uh, as our founders were given wisdom from God on how to lay out the Constitution, uh, and, and that Constitution uh, in many places, in many ways, was founded upon principles that you'd find in the Bible. Amen. And one of the reasons America has lasted as long as she has with the freedoms that she has enjoyed is because of that fundamental foundational document, amen, that was supposed to have been etched in stone. But what has happened to America these last couple hundred years is heartbreaking as she has got to the point to where she's been so blessed financially and so blessed in power and influence on the world stage that she has heightened herself in pride and decided that she no longer needs God. And the Bible said, uh, Jesus said this of Jerusalem, and I say this uh, to warn America today, uh, that the longer you reject the God of heaven, uh, the more likely it is that your house uh, will be left unto you desolate. Amen. Uh, it is time for America to turn back to God today. Uh, it is time for America to realize that our blessings uh, do not come uh, through our efforts, but through the gracious love loving hands of a heavenly Father. Uh, the Bible says that He richly giveth thing, all, thing, all things to us to enjoy. Uh, and God is not in the business uh, of, of allowing you to suffer in your own misery. He wants to bless you. But let me tell you something. Those blessings come uh, through faith and obedience to His Word. Uh, and when we reject God, we, no surprise uh, whenever we're plagued. No surprise whenever we're overtaken by foreign, uh, uh, domestic and foreign and enemies alike. No surprise when the walls of protection come crumbling down. And no matter who you hire, and no matter what you do to manipulate, and no matter what politician you pick to put in the White House, it's caving in and it's crumbling. It's because your house is left unto you desolate. And it's time for us to turn our hearts back to Almighty God today. Amen. Think not, America. Think not, Washington Heights. Baptist Church, think not, Christian, watching there on the Facebook feed, think not that you've received all there is to receive of God. His fullness far surpasses your experience thus far. And if you have needs, I'd like to say this, God has solutions. If you have needs, God has solutions as an individual. If you have needs, God has solutions as a state and as a country, as a nation and as a world. And I'm telling you, all of God is still available for all of mankind because we're still in the day of grace. And who knows but what we can't turn the tide of judgment that we brought on ourselves if we will repent and get right with God. Amen. And it's time that we as a church, the Bible said, and I will quote this, to apply to the New Testament church uh, because I believe it's a foundational principle that stands for all of time and eternity. That if my people which are called by my name uh, shall humble themselves and pray uh, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, uh, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin uh, and will heal their land. And you've got to believe that before it happens. Amen. There's so many today uh, that say, well, you can't use that verse for America. That was meant for Israel 
Bible, but the Bible teaches us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Amen. Uh, that means if I lay a hold of that promise and you lay a hold of that promise, let me ask you this. What if God's people were to humble themselves and pray? What if God's people were to turn from their wicked ways and seek God's face? Do you think God is going to be, give you a big fat no? No, my friend. God will respond to a humble prayer. God, If there is a prayer, I would pray. I'd pray one I can find in the Scripture. I don't care if it is in the Old Testament. Amen. You will not go wrong standing on the Word of God and asking God for His favor on your life as you follow Him in faith and obedience. Amen. I done got cranked up and ain't even got started yet. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. Amen. I want to say to you today that God has a lot more for us than all this that we have experienced. I want to say to America, I want to say to the individual that the corruption that we see, we can do better than this. That the, that the collapse of the American family, we can do better than this. Amen. Uh, uh, the deterioration of our health system, we can do better than this. Uh, but we've got to turn to the God of heaven if we're going to experience a reverse of the tide of sin that has come in and destroyed our culture and destroyed our nation as we've known it in the past. And I want to give you quickly seven names that are found in the redemptive qualities and what Jesus provided on the cross that reveals to us what God has provided through the blood of Jesus Christ for all of mankind, for whosoever will. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 48 and verse 35. Now buckle up. I'm going to go quick. The Bible says it was round about 18,000 measures and the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. The Lord is there. This reveals to us the name of God known as Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is there or the Lord is present. And if you will note what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, uh, it reveals to us the redemptive privilege of enjoying the presence of the one who says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Do you want God present in your life? Do you, the Bible says he's a very present help in time of trouble. Now, there's a lot of people I wish hung around and helped me and they forsook me. But there's one that's never left me and has never forsaken me. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he promises us that through the shed blood of Christ, he can be ever present with you in your deepest and darkest trials. Aren't you glad for that today? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Nigh by the blood of Christ. And I'm telling you that this is the atoning proof that God's very presence is made available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but if there was somebody in my corner, I'd just assume it'd be God as anybody else. Amen. And so you may pick a fight with me, but know something real quick before you pick a fight with me. You're not picking a fight with me. You're picking a fight with my daddy. Amen. And my daddy Daddy's got my back, and you better watch yourself before you pick a fight with one of God's children. Amen, church? Hallelujah. I done stripped the gear. Whew. Judges 6.23. And do you know how much discipline it is for me to stay behind this pulpit? <laughs> Amen. For the sake of those watching. Amen. 
Listen, Judges 6.23 says, The Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee. Fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Ophrah of the Abia's rites. The word Jehovah Shalom means the Lord our peace. Note that this reveals to us the redemptive privilege of having His peace. Jesus says, My peace I give to you in John chapter 14 and verse number 27. The atonement proof is in Isaiah 53 and verse 5 where it says the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. In other words, we can't have peace when we're in our sin. Amen? There is a, uh, there is, we are enemies of God until the sin debt has been paid for. And, and we were chastised for having peace. That tells me that when you try to live like nothing's wrong, uh, when everything is wrong, God's not going to give you the privilege of peace knowing uh, that you are hell bound without Him. Amen? So if you get aggravated because the preacher gets up and preaches on your sin and you get edgy and you get nervous and you start wiggling around and squirming like a worm and can't wait till the preacher shuts up so you can go to the house, let me tell you something. The reason you have no peace is because God didn't die on the cross for you to go on in your sin and spend eternity in hell. And He's going to pursue you with an everlasting love. And He wants to save you by His grace. And He will not let you go down without a fight. And you might be mad at God, but don't you know that it's the mercies of God that's chasing you down. It's the grace of God that's chasing you down. And it's not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And you need to know today that you need to thank God that He's chasing you. The psalmist David said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That word follow is a strong word in the original. It literally means to be chased by. I'm glad that He chased me down with His goodness. And it's the Bible that says that it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. You see, you think the preacher's angry with you and you think God's uh, being cruel because we point out your sin and say thou art wanting and you need to repent. Uh, but don't you know it's the goodness of God warning you of, of pending judgment and imminent judgment for all who will not believe. Uh, and if you want peace with God, you'll find it through none other. Then the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. And do you want to know what will bring peace to our land? Everybody talks about world peace. You don't want world peace. You don't, you don't keep your mouth quiet enough to give anybody any peace. Amen. You won't even give your family peace. You won't even give your wife peace. You want world peace? Give me a break. Amen. But let me tell you something. You know how we're going to get peace? We're going to get it when we all bow both knees to the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when it's, it's when we all come under the unity of His leadership that the whole world can have peace. And that's the only time the world will have peace. Somebody say amen right there. The Lord, I'm talking about all of Jesus for all of men. You want peace with God, you, you'll find it at the foot of the cross. Amen. And the Bible said in Colossians 1.20 that He made peace through the blood of His cross. And I'm glad that on September the 9th of 1990, when I was lost in sin and headed for hell as an 11-year-old boy, I was in trouble with God. My sins mounted up to the heavens and my soul was crushed beneath its weight. And I couldn't do anything to help myself. And I was at enmity with God. And I had no peace of heart and soul and mind. That that day I called on the 
Lord in faith and repentance. Then He washed me in His blood. And the deepest settled peace flooded my soul, the lights of which I've never felt before. And all of a sudden I felt whole. All of a sudden I felt clean. All of a sudden I felt as light as a feather. And if you've never experienced that, then you can today. Come and take a drink. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You say, I tried that religion and it didn't work. That's exactly right. Religion will never do a thing for you. But if you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ, He'll do everything that religion can't do. Amen. And you need to know that the true peace is in the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let me go on. Psalm 23 and verse 1. The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This means that this is the word Jehovah Ra. The Lord is my shepherd. And the Bible teaches us that He became our shepherd by giving His life for the sheep, according to John chapter 10 and verse 11. And the atonement proof is in John 10, 11, where He said, I am the good shepherd. Amen. The good shepherd gives His life for the sheep. Now, I don't know if you think that... Uh, that, that may not help you like it does me, but the Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of us to our own way. Uh, and the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Now let me tell you something. You need a good shepherd. I need a good shepherd. They ain't a, they ain't a, uh, they ain't a preacher religious enough and spiritual enough to keep me straight with God. I need Jesus to do that. Amen. Uh, I, I, I'm telling you, you can poke and prod and pry and twist people's arms and try to get them to do right, but until they have a walk with God, they'll never do right. You need a personal shepherd whose name is Jesus. Amen. And the blood of Jesus makes that available to you so that God watches you with a watchful eye. And He says, now don't go that way. You're headed for trouble. And then He says, don't go that way either. You're headed for trouble. Tell you what, just stay close to me and we'll get through this valley together. Amen. That's what you need and that's what America needs. We need to turn back to the God that we have forsaken. Amen. The Lord he is my shepherd, Jehovah Ra. Now, Genesis chapter 22 and verse 8 said, uh, Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And uh, then skip to verse 14. And Abram called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. So Jehovah Jireh is the name of God that says the Lord will provide Himself. And also it means that the Lord will see. Now let me explain this to you. The Bible said uh, that teaches that Christ was the offering provided for us uh, for our complete redemption. And God is more than our provider. He is our very provision. The way it's worded, God will provide Himself. In fact, that fulfillment did not happen that day. I know they found a ram caught in a thicket, but that wasn't who he was talking about. When it said God will provide Himself, it was prophetic of the cross. 
Amen. I will provide myself as the lamb. Amen. Isn't that good? God will provide himself. So he's not just your provider. He's your provision. Amen. The Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And go ahead, America. Keep trying to live without God with all your stuff. And you'll find one day that your house will be left unto you desolate. You'll neither have God nor your stuff because he's not. He's more than just a Santa Claus. Amen. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is your very provision. And without him, you can do nothing. America is not beyond falling. And we don't like to talk about that. But all nations shall be turned into hell that forget God. You go ahead, America. You forget God. And live with consequences that would make you think that God has forgotten you. And it's not His choosing. If you want to know what God wants to do, read where it says it's not His will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. God did everything humanly and divinely possible to save our wretched souls. If we go to hell, God didn't send us there. We signed up for it. Amen. You need to realize God it's not God. It's you running from God that's your problem. Amen. And, and God's not going to bend. What kind of a just and holy and righteous God would He be to bend His rules for every whim and wish of all mankind? I mean, look at the world that we live in today, how chaotic it is and how confusing it is. Every man doing that which is right in his own eyes, that's not order, that's chaos, confusion, and deterioration. It's a big old mess. And, and you expect God to bend to every, everybody's desires and whims and wishes? No, we need truth. We need the way, and we need the life, and His name is Jesus. And if we'll bow to Him and follow Him, He can He can lead us through this mess. Somebody say amen right there. The Lord will provide Himself. Isaiah 53, 11 also said, He shall see of the travail of His soul and shall be satisfied. By His knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for He shall bear their iniquities. Now think about God the Father seeing the travail of God the Son and being satisfied with His sacrifice. That means that when God looked at the blood sacrifice that His Son shed abroad for remission of sin, He looked at it and He inspected the Lamb and He found no fault in His Son. And He said, that'll do it, boy. That'll wash away the sin of the whole wide world. Amen. And I'm glad to tell you today that God is your provider, but He did more than provide things for you. He provided Himself for you. Amen. Would you rather have the king's stuff or would you rather have the king's person in your house? Come on, somebody, and say amen. I've got more than His things. I've got Him. And that tells me that whether my my culvert runs dry or not, that's okay because I've still got Him. And He's the one that spoke things into existence. He started out with nothing and spoke it into existence. Uh, Amen. They may not be a solution for your problem, but God can speak a solution into your problem. Amen. Uh, God can figure out a way. He makes a way where there is no way because there's no limit for Him. Amen. He's matchless and He's eternal and He's all-powerful and He has provided His very being for you if you will follow Him in faith and obedience. Amen. Glory to God. i got to hurry. Exodus chapter 17 and verse number 15. The Bible said, Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. 
He said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Now, if you remember, Amalek was the aftermath of Esau, uh, who was the one who forfeited his birthright, which is symbolic of choices which brought on the curse. And what the Bible's literally saying, uh, uh, Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. What that means is the Lord is our banner or our victor or our captain. And what that's talking about is the battle between the flesh and the Spirit and our ability to overcome the power of the flesh through the Spirit of God. Amen. Uh, and now, if you follow your flesh, it'll be as uh, Amalek. It'll be as Esau. It'll choose uh, the bowl of porridge, uh, amen, or the, the bowl of lentil soup uh, over the birthright any day. Uh, but when you learn that you can't live just by bread and stuff alone, but by the Word of God, you'll learn to get some character about you. You'll quit selling your soul uh, for politics and, and clout and, and positions, amen. And that's the way this world is today. People think they can climb up and be successful but there's always there's always a price sometimes seems like that comes with worldly success, isn't there? And people think that they're on top of the world when their soul is empty. They got all the money that uh, they got all the things that money can buy. And they don't have a thing that money can't buy. Amen. Uh, and I want to tell you today that I may not have the kind of money you have. I may not make the kind of money you make. I never will. Uh, but I wouldn't trade my life for yours for anything in the world because I've got Jesus Christ and He's enough for me. Amen. And, uh, and I'm telling you, uh, you can even try to corner me and starve me, but God won't let you starve me because He's my daddy. And He'll put a whooping on you if He has to. Amen. Because uh, God's going to take care of me. Somebody say amen this morning. Woo, glory to God. I'm talking about He's my banner. He's my victor. He's my captain. And He'll win the battles for me. He'll fight my battle. Song of Solomon said He brought me to the banqueting house. Uh, and His banner over me was love. I'm glad that He's got a victory banner over me. And everybody that sees that banner flying over me says that's one of God's right there. Amen. And I'm glad to tell you that God's not ashamed of me because I'm not ashamed of Him. Amen. Note that by the cross, Christ triumphed over principalities and powers. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14, the Bible says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. You see, the devil was having a heyday in my life one day. He thought he had me backed in the corner. He thought he had me whooped in my sin. He thought he was going to take me down for the last time and take me to hell with him until the gospel entered interrupted his schedule. Amen. Uh, and all of a sudden, Jesus Christ whooped them principalities and powers. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, and defeated the devil at the cross because my sin debt was canceled and paid. And what was true about me is no longer true about me. I was guilty, but now I'm saved. I was headed for hell, but now I'm heaven bound. I was dirty and rotten and low down, but now I'm righteous and made pure and made whole because of the atonement of the blood of Jesus. And there's victory in my soul today because of what Jesus did at Calvary. 
1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I know this world thinks that they've, uh, uh, they're winning the battle. This, the, the, the kingdoms of this earth think that they're winning the battle against the Christians today. Uh, amen. And they think that they're coming in for the last time and they're going to get rid of us. Amen. Uh, but let me tell you something, honey. We ain't going nowhere till God says we're going. Amen. Uh, we'll be around as long as God says we're around. There can't nothing you do about it. Uh, uh, God will take uh, the, the superpower of the earth like the, the, the nation of Egypt. Amen. Put them in a stark darkness where they can't even see the nose on their face and turn a little light on over at the house of the people of God. Amen. Uh, and He'll give us light when you're stumbling around in the darkness. Amen. Uh, and the trap that you set for us, you'll turn around and fall in in yourself and God will bless us. Uh, I'm telling you, you can't destroy what the blood of Jesus Christ has bought. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory. <laughs> hey, I might get excited here in a minute. Amen. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, is our banner. Amen. Glory to God. i got to keep preaching. Jeremiah 23 and verse 6 says, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And in this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. That's Jehovah uh, Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Now, what is the consequence of being declared righteous? It is that God's people dwell safely. God's people dwell safely. You know what brings on all this sickness, disease, and death in the world? It was sin. It was the curse of sin. Man was told not to be disobedient to God. We was warned that if we did, bad things would happen. But we went on and done it anyway. And we said, I'll show you, uh, I can have the best of both worlds. I'll not only sin, but I'll get by with it. And you found out that you can't. Amen. You're finding out that you can't. Uh, uh, there's no place to hide from God Almighty. And, uh, and God sees you in all of your sin and that secret sin that you think you've got covered up and can't nobody know about. And you've got it good and hid. God sees it and God troubles your soul over it every single day of your life because He's calling you to repentance. But listen, if you will be made righteous by grace and through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a safety that you are instantly guaranteed. And that is the safety from the wrath of God because Jesus took the wrath of God on the cross so that if you will shelter yourself beneath the cross, Jesus has taken the punishment for your sin. But if you want to face God out from under the cross and you want to face God without representation, you will face God with yourself and you will go to hell forever because you rejected the only hope of salvation whose name is Jesus. Amen. Romans 5.17 says, For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. And that's talking about Adam, the first Adam. Then it says, Much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Simply put, Jesus' righteousness can put a stop to the curse of sin and put a stop to the wrath of God that's headed your way, honey. 
Amen. And if I were you, I'd repent today. I wouldn't wait another day. The Bible says today, if you will hear His voice, uh, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation in the wilderness. Amen. Uh, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Uh, you don't need to put it off another second or another minute because God may not call you tomorrow, but He's calling you right now. Uh, you may not even make it home today. God forbid, but let me tell you, right now, you can come to Him and He'll save you by His grace and He'll give you peace that passes all understanding. And you can leave this place saying, the Lord is my righteousness. I know I ain't no good in and of myself, but I ain't wanting you to look at me no more. I want you to look at this robe of righteousness He done put on me. Amen. And I'm telling you that you can be safe from wrath through Jesus Christ. Amen, church. And now, lastly, I want to close with this on Exodus 15 and 26. The Bible said, And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in His sight, and will give ear to His commandments, and keep all His statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. Now, this is a very relevant message for today, seeing how we're plagued with COVID right now. Somebody say amen. Now, let me tell you something. Jesus can do for us what the doctors can't even do. Jesus can do for us what the so-called experts can't even do. In fact, sometimes I don't know which experts to trust. What about you? Amen. I'm just being honest. Sometimes uh, we wonder, but let me tell you one I know we can trust. His name is Jesus. Amen. Uh, and Jesus uh, don't plan on doing you nothing but good. Uh, if you will let Him, He will heal you. Amen. Now, the Bible says uh, that Christ is both the fulfillment of the law and the recipient of its promises and blessings for perfect obedience. Now think about that for a minute. Jesus didn't just fulfill the law, but He received all of its benefits through obedience. All of the promises of being obedient. Amen. Everything was given to Christ. Think about that. And when you get saved, you become an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. That means everything that's His is yours. Now, I know some of us, it's hard for us to think that way, and it's hard for us to believe that way, but that's where we got to get our thinking straight. Amen? Uh, you got to study that Bible and know what it says you've got. And a lot of people walking around defeated and don't know that they don't have to be defeated. Amen? Uh, you're walking around depressed. You don't have to be depressed. You're walking around lost. You don't have to be lost. You don't, you're walking around sick. You don't have to necessarily be sick. Can I get an amen? Now, here's the proof. Uh, uh, Jehovah Rapha means I am the Lord your physician, or I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now, Jehovah Rapha is given to reveal to us our redemptive privilege of being healed. This privilege is purchased by the atonement. For Isaiah in the redemption chapter declared, Surely he hath borne our griefs, or in other words, sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, or in other words, our pains. That's Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 4. And don't you dare tell me I can't preach this because I'm a Baptist. If it's in the Bible, I can preach it. Thank you very much, honey. Amen. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16 says, When the even was come, this is the proof right here, that Isaiah was not just talking about spiritual deliverance. He was talking about physical 
infirmities. For Matthew chapter 8 and verse 26 said, When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick. He healed all of them. Not, not most of them, not just a select few, but he healed them all. And this, this is why he did it, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. The exact fulfillment of Isaiah 53 and verse number 4. I'm telling you, Jehovah Rapha is the Lord your physician. I'm preaching on all of Jesus for all of man. And I'm telling you, it's time that the church of the living God, no matter what's on the church sign, needs to start claiming everything that Jesus said that we could have. Amen. And quit living in defeat under this oppressed and wicked and sinful world. Amen. I know sometimes we still get sick, and I'm not denying that, but I'm te- I wonder how little more, I wonder how much we could whip our sickness if we'd really believe God at His Word. I just wonder, I don't know uh, if we'll ever get to that place where we have perfect faith, but we ought to try, amen? Uh, and you ought to read that Bible until it makes a believer out of you. Uh, but somehow or another, we somehow just accept defeat, and well, uh, I know we're supposed to pray, uh, but now sometimes it's the Lord's will that we're sick. Show me one verse in the Bible that teaches us that it's God's will for you to be sick and living in the results of the curse of sin after the blood of Jesus has been applied to your life. You won't find it. Amen. Now, I know that some theologian or some Dr. Bottle Stopper is going to try to correct me on that, but let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit of God has done convinced me, and you're not going to make a, a doubter out of me. I believe God has all of this still available for whosoever will believe. And it's not my job as a pastor to entertain your doubts and what-ifs and all the exceptions to the rule. It's my job to inspire faith in you and to inspire you to believe God at His Word and if I don't teach you to believe God for every word that comes out of His mouth, I have failed you as a pastor and I should resign today. Amen. That's right. But what about so-and-so? We pray for them they get, didn't get well. I can't answer all that, but I still believe God's a healer. And when I get sick, I'm going to believe for God to heal me. And when you get sick, I'm going to believe for God to heal you. And if He does or if He doesn't, that's, that's not on God. Something went wrong somewhere, but I can't blame God for that because anytime anybody believes God in the pure sense of faith, God responds. So something went awry, but we can't blame God for that now, can we? Well, I know I had everything right and God just didn't answer. You calling God a liar? Amen. What does the Bible say? If you have faith and doubt not, you shall have whatsoever you believe. That's what Jesus said. Now, either God's true and every man is a liar, or all of us are true and God's confused and senile, and I doubt that. Amen. What I'm trying to do is give you a little boost of faith. In this time in which we live, now I know we've got to be sensible. I'm not just going to go crazy. Now listen to me. I explained to somebody yesterday. I may walk out in my backyard and step on a snake I didn't see. And that may happen. But now if I see that snake, I'm not going to walk over and step on it intentionally. Amen. And if you have COVID, don't come testing my faith, please. You stay home and I'll pray for you from a distance. Can I get an amen? 
if you sick, stay at home. We're going to use some common sense, but we're also going to believe God. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a balance to this thing. I get all that, but listen, church, we need not fear. We need to build our spiritual immune system back up. Amen. And the antidote for doubt is faith. The antidote for fear is faith. And the only way you're going to get more faith is if you get more Word in you and start believing what you heard preached and believing what was read. Amen. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. And really the best antidote we have for spiritual or physical sickness is the great healer, the Lord Jesus Christ, who still works miracles among us today. Amen, church. I'm telling you, He's all of Jesus for all of man. You want to know who Jesus will help? Can I say this? The uh, if He has enough grace to save you, He has enough grace to make all them that other stuff available to you too. Amen. Whosoever will. What qualifies you? Well, do you want to come? Well, then you're qualified. Whosoever will. Amen. The Bible says that if, he, if any among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church that they may anoint him with oil. That the prayer of faith will heal the sick, and if there be any sins, they'll be forgiven of them. Amen. That tells me there's a solution for physical sickness in the church, and we need to put it to practice more often. Amen. Uh, uh, you can uh, lay there and die if you want to, or you can get up in the altar and have somebody lay their hands on you, pray for you, and believe God to heal you, and watch God work a miracle. Can I get an amen, church? Amen. Now, I know this sounds too Pentecostal for some of you, but I'm in the Bible. Amen. I'm in the Bible. Now, I'm, not, I'm not scared. I'm past, I'm done with caring what people label me or what they think about me. Because, listen, believing what so-and-so said about the Bible is not the same thing as believing what the Bible says. I'm just saying, read it, believe it. Read it, believe it. Read it, believe it. Be stubborn in your faith, even if it looks like it ain't working. Believe it anyway. Amen. And expect God to honor that faith some kind of way. And if he comes through, fine. If he don't, still praise him. Amen. But don't you let it foul you up because God is sovereign, God's divine, and he knows best. Amen. But nowhere in the Bible does it teach us to doubt God or to quit expecting him to work a miracle. I preach to you today all of Jesus for all men. He can save you. So let me put it to you this way. Jesus atones for all of man's needs, be they spiritual, be they the soul, or be they the body. And what I want to do now is ask you to stand to your feet. I'm going to wrap this up in a word of prayer. And I want you to receive whatever God has for you today. If you need salvation and you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, you need your sin debt taken care of, sir. You need your sin debt taken care of, ma'am. You don't need to stand before God on judgment day with your sin. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, please. If you're here today and you don't need and and you know you need to be saved, your biggest problem is that you need to be saved by the grace of God. It starts right there. It starts right there. Would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Anybody in the building? You know you need to be saved. I know God's been dealing with you. The Holy Spirit don't lie to me. Some of you in the balance right now between uh, time and eternity, between heaven and hell. And you'll not get anything from God till you surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Repent of your sin and turn to Him in faith. Would you come? I don't know if we got a bottle of oil up here, but if somebody's 
sick and needs prayer, I'll be willing to lay my hands on and pray for him. And a couple of deacons may want to come up and help me with that. But uh, if you're if you're sick today in need of healing and want prayer, the invitation is yours. I'm telling you, we need to trust God through this pandemic. We need to be sensible, but we need to be spiritual as well. We need to have balance. So let's not neglect the power of prayer and faith in God Almighty. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've did my very best to preach Jesus today. And Lord, I pray that You forgive us for all the times that we have neglected to truly trust You for our every need. Help us, Father, to realize that You far surpassed the wisdom and the provisions and power of man. God, that whatever we need, You can supply. Lord, if there's sin in the camp, help us to repent of it so that our prayers are not hindered. Help us to make sure our hearts are right with You so that when we pray, there's no hindrance. I plead the blood of Jesus over this church. I pray for Your healing touch to begin to flow through this building. Deliver us from all these sicknesses that slow us down and hinder us and dry up our resources and keep us from doing more for God. These are tools of the enemy. God, help us to rely on You. Help us to walk with wisdom help us to walk with some common sense and help us to walk being spirit filled and spirit led help us to rely on you God I pray for healing Lord for those that are homesick today and recovering from surgeries and Lord I, I don't I don't plan on I don't intentionally offend anybody and I know sometimes this kind of preaching might cause somebody to feel like their uh, feathers are ruffled, they're, they're offended. But I pray, God, that they wouldn't get offended, but they would just yield to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and, and begin to receive all the benefits that are at our disposal through the Word of God and through prayer. Lord, I pray, Father, that You would do a new thing in our midst. God, we've seen the miracles here. We've prayed and seen God touch people, deliver them of cancer and all sorts of manner of sickness. And God, if there's a believing church anywhere, I believe this is it. But God, would you increase our faith? Would you get us to where we're not no longer on the defensive, but we're on the offensive? And God, we're aggressive in believing you to put a stop to the plague in our camp and in our midst and for our community and for our country. God, may this word travel around the world and may it spark a revival where people will call on you in faith and repentance. And God, may there be a great awakening, uh, God, that will shake this uh, nation to its knees and cause us uh, to turn back to all of Jesus for all of man. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory for it all. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. And if you, if you need to do business with God, I'm going to dismiss. But that don't mean you're off the hook.